Welcome to Abilities, Opportunities, and the Future of Work, a podcast intended to showcase best-in-class practices on burning issues related to disability and employment. I'm Nasha Ely, Business Relations Consultant with the Business Network Division of Michigan Rehabilitation Services, Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with Dr. Sriram Narayanan, Professor of Supply Chain Management at Michigan State University. Hi. Each episode, we will be having conversations with employees, employers, firms, community organizations, not-for-profits, and other state organizations that are doing outstanding work in integrating individuals with disabilities into the workforce and allow them to share their experience and stories. This production is a collaboration between the Eli Broad College of Business at Michigan State University and Michigan Rehabilitation Services. For this episode, we're joined by Juan Ortiz, Director of the Bureau of Services for Blind Persons Training Center. The Bureau of Services for Blind Persons Training Center is a residential facility that provides comprehensive instruction to blind and visually impaired participants Thank you. So first, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure uh, chatting with you, you guys, and uh, for you know having me here today. I'm Juan Ortiz. I'm the division director of the Bureau of Services for Blind Persons Training Center. I am responsible for the management and oversight of all aspects of the BSP residential vocational training facility uh, located in Kalamazoo County, Michigan. I've been here as the division director for about a couple of years, and I started as the assistant director. Um, it, I've been uh, here since 2019. Yuan, thank you so much for joining us at the AOFOW. Um, maybe we can start uh, briefly with, um, you know, more, tell us something about the Bureau of Services for Blind and, and the training center, um, its objectives and how it was started. Maybe you could give us a background to the, to the center. Sure. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, thank you again for having me. So <clears throat> the BSPB Training Center is a uh, 47,000 square foot, 27-acre uh, residential training facility uh, with 27 private dorm rooms and uh, two private apartments. Uh, we have been in operation since 1969. It is one of the finest training center facilities in the country, as we like to say. Um, we provide comprehensive and customized, customized instruction to blind and visually impaired participants. Um, work readiness training, so skills of blindness and vocational exploration uh, and planning are emphasized so that participants can become independent at home and in the community. Our primary goal uh, is to work with uh, participants, providing them workplace readiness training uh, with the ultimate goal really is to uh, provide them with quality of life improvements um, via our various trainings and skill development, providing them with the tools necessary to help them secure gainful employment I'll help them you know, prepare for post-secondary education leading to employment. In addition to the 22 different classes that we offer in person and virtual, uh, we offer participants with the uh, training uh, for assessments and other specialized programs throughout the year. 
And the training center is located in, in uh, Kalamazoo County. The address is 1541 Oakland Drive, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49008. It is conveniently located to close to Western Michigan University and uh, close to downtown Kalamazoo and in a pu public bus route. Thank you so much, Juan. That is impressive, especially considering the size of the center. Um, so help us understand how the BSBP Training Center is part of like the state of Michigan or the, the, the state uh, VR program. Sure. Yep. <clears throat> so the, the BSBP Training Center is a division of the Bureau of Services for Blind Persons under the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity. BSBP is one of the two designated state units or DSUs as we refer to them uh, in, in Michigan for the Vocational Rehabilitation Program. Our role at BSBP specifically is to serve and assist individuals who are legally blind. And uh, that's how we're able to fit and, and work closely with our partners at the Michigan Rehab Services. So, so, um, uh, so you want, how do you, how do you prepare your students? Uh, maybe uh, would you shed some light on the, the, the students, the nature of students you get, what kind of challenges they, they face and, and how uh, training is customized to their needs sure. um, in, in your, uh, in the environment that you, you are at? Sure. So we, we definitely, <clears throat> we work with students uh, for them to be independent at home and in their, in their community. And uh, as, uh, as we like to say at BSBP, we train for employers to retain, uh, meaning we train participants to be competitive, to be dedicated and, and an asset to employers. Our participants go through a series of assessments, customized trainings to meet the individual's goal. Um, there's a series of community engagements and, and motivating them to learn showing them the various adaptations, technology, transferable skills, and tips to accomplish their tasks uh, that you know, typically their sighted peers can do and make sure that they remain competitive. We work with employers uh, as our dual customers to make sure we are also meeting their needs. There is still a perception out there that individuals who are visually impaired do not have the ability to be competitive in an employment setting. And this is obviously a misconception. I personally have received many accolades from employers who have indicated that, that you know, our participants whom they have hired are very reliable, timely, do a very thorough job, often being more reliable than their sighted peers. Our professionals here work very hard and across the, the state to ensure we are providing quality services, staying on top of emerging technology and techniques. We all know that technology you know, advances so rapidly. I think every six months, something new comes out. And uh, we rely currently uh, on, on that emerging technology and current technology to make our lives easier and more accessible. Same happens here. Uh, we rely on that technology heavily. Our participants of all ages and from all over the state come to the training center thinking that they are unable to do uh, many things their sighted peers can do. And once they get engaged with us, they end up doing so much more than they ever expected. Participants get involved with many tasks outside of the regular training, such as uh, we have a small machine repair. They get involved with uh, completing arts and crafts projects, which lead to various community engagements, both locally and in their communities. This helps increase their self-esteem and confidence. They also complete objectives and, and projects in our woodshop class, operating saws, routers, applying finishes on their projects, and completing those projects that they are very proud of, which they never thought they could do. Participants do provide tours of the campus. They serve on student panels. 
And as an example, just this past Tuesday, we had a community partner engagement um, here at the training center where a young man who uh, is 15 years old in training with us share his experience with the employment professionals that, uh, from all over the state that were here for training. This young man did a fantastic job presenting to the group, which was of great benefit, not only to him, but to the audience as well. Uh, participants also give back via volunteering experiences internally by stuffing informational mailers for community outreach. We do send uh, a number of uh, letters and, and uh, just information in general to various partners in the community, to healthcare providers. And then there are other opportunities within the community. They also have an opportunity to engage in job shadowing with various community partners locally as well. So these are just a few of the items participants get involved with in addition to their, their general training, which is tremendous value to their self-esteem and confidence. Other services we provide uh, internally here, like you know, just the one-stop shop kind of idea, uh, includes vocational guidance and counseling, employability training, uh, which includes soft skills development, career exploration, trial work experiences, job readiness, placements, and job coaching. The small machine repair shop that I mentioned uh, requires the individual to troubleshoot audiobook players we repair for the Braille and Talking Book Library in Lansing. So that, that training center uh, became a, an approved uh, repair site by the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, also known as NLS, via a partnership with the BSPP Berlin Talking Book Library back in 2020. So all these items combined together in addition to the training, um, that's how we're able to, uh, you know, to kind of reach out to individuals, get them to where they need. And, and uh, it's amazing the work that, that we uh, do in terms of when an individual comes in versus comparing that person when they come in versus when they leave the training center. Um, it's like a, a brand new individual ready to tackle the world as they leave and move on to what they want to do in life. Thank you so much, Juan. Um, I did have a clarifying question. Just wondering, um, you mentioned a lot of components of what the training center does. Um, yes. does, every, <laughs> does everyone <laughs> that participates, is the goal for them to move into some type of employment? Um, and I'm asking because I know with blindness, someone may be, become blind at a much older age and maybe work is not something they want to do. Do you just do training for independent living and daily living skills also? Yeah, we do that. So let's talk a little bit about um, the who the, the students are here at the training center. So, you know, we, we uh, you, and that's a great point, Nasha. Um, we, we do provide individual uh, training to individuals who are 14 all the way to 99 plus. And as you can imagine, you know, those who are, are of age 99 plus, their, their goal is not to get back out in the world and, and you know, to, to, to get a job and, and be employed. Their, 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 their goal really is to be, uh, you know, independent at home, um, hopefully not go into an assisted living or a nursing home, but they, that, that's their goal. They're here for that reason, to be independent as much as they can. Um, so at the BSPB Training Center, as I mentioned, you know, we train uh, individuals who are blind or low vision, ages 14 to 99, who really want to make a difference in their lives and who need skills of blindness training. So that's a blanket statement, right? That would be for applicable to individuals who are seeking employment, who are seeking to move on to post-secondary education, or who are just wanting to improve their, their life at home, who maybe progressively their, their sight has gotten, their eyesight has gotten worse. Um, we teach them to gain confidence, we teach them to self-advocate, and to develop those soft skills if they are moving on to, um, to employment. 
Um, so a lot of the, the participants do get referred to us for customized training from all over the state. They have a diverse background, abilities, and skills. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we do provide a customized training uh, that is unique and different and special. And is that, in fact, they, the participants make it that special because the training they, that they receive, they, it's comparable and it goes in line with the different skills, abilities, and goals and various degrees of visual acuities they come with. So some individuals may have no vision at all, while others may have some vision or residu residual vision, uh, you know, but are still legally blind. We do not operate in semesters. Uh, we do, um, you know, this due to their, their eye condition or physiology. Um, we do customize their training. So people may come in at different points in the year and um, it's a rolling, um, a rolling registration year round that we have. We assess them the, during the first week that they are here in training and then customize their classes and training as they progress according to their goals as well. So some of the careers participants in training may go into might be administrative sales, janitorial, entrepreneurial, logistics, management, and culinary manufacturing, and so on. The length of training varies by program depending on their goal, whether they want to be employed or, or move on to post-secondary education or improve the quality of life at home, but it could average about 10 weeks or so. And in general, uh, BSPP provides vocational skills training to aid in finding and retaining employment. And that's kind of the goal, right? According to WIOA, that's kind of what we envision as the goal, but there are other programs behind that as well that we provide services to. And uh, train on daily living skills uh, for state of Michigan residents living without vision. So depending upon their needs and eligibility for specific services, BSBP may also provide some types of adaptive equipment, computer software and or post-secondary education. Okay, so that really clarifies because I thought that was part of the programming and I'm like, okay, well, this is all employment. <laughs> well, that's very helpful. And I think for our audience too, because, you know, depending on the person's situation, work may not be a goal, even though it is that's a VR correct. goal. Um, all those other services, those uh, um Daily living skills and that independence piece is so important, especially with um, uh, someone who has uh, blindness or other visual impairments. You go from especially being sighted to blind, you have to learn everything over yes, again. Yes. So thank you for clarifying that. No, my pleasure. Thank you. Now, I, I, I wanted to sort of dig in a little bit more into the into the employment side of the training that you were briefly mentioning. Uh, so could you give us some examples of the kind of jobs that your, your, your trainees have, have gone through and what kind of challenges do they face? Like when, when they transition out to the real world, what do companies need to do or organizations that are employing these individuals, what kind of support they need to provide them? Sure. So, um, so we, you know, we certainly work with uh, um, uh, different employers, uh, not only at the training center, but, you know, statewide. Um, you know, this is a very important and crucial step really to engage employers. And, and from a training center perspective, our primary goal here is to engage participants in our 22 different classes. Um, but working with the businesses to provide hands-on experience with some of our partners is very important as, as many of our participants have not previously worked or had, had not had the opportunity to engage with employers. So some of the employers we work with uh, um, include Holiday Inn Express as an example, Chow Hound, Friendship Village, Parker Hannafin, 
uh, Victoria Bakery, Pet Vet, um, some of the colleges, Western Michigan University, um, Kalamazoo Valley Community College, Griffin Place, and, and uh, just to name a few, I can go on. <laughs> um, we are always looking for additional partners, both locally and throughout the state, you know, obviously given the the, uh, the wide reach that we have serving individuals throughout the state. The challenges really are, you know, number one is the idea that, uh, as I mentioned previously, the uh, misconception that individuals are not able to be competitive in an integrated competitive employment setting. Um, you know, with the tools, especially how technology is moving nowadays, you know, they can do just a, as, as good of a job as anybody else who is cited. Uh, and sometimes even better, you know, sometimes, as I mentioned to a couple of people, you know, um, especially here at the training center, I have uh, a couple of colleagues who are, are, you know, who rely on Zoom text or, or um, some of the adaptive software, and they are really good at going from point A to point B to point C. They're very, very structured. And sometimes they are more structured than I am, to tell you the truth. And it is impressive, you know, how well they can actually, um, how good of a job they can do. Um, so that is the number one thing I would say that, um, you know, that we need to make sure that everyone is aware and employers are aware that just give somebody the chance. They are going to be a good candidate, a good employee for them. And, and like I mentioned, you know, we have had, I've received so many different accolades from employers that say, you know, I prefer to hire someone through you because, they, I know they're going to show up. I prefer to hire that person versus maybe a student because they may not be here. Um, so as long as we get past that misconception, um, you know, the challenge then at that point becomes making sure that they have transportation, making sure that um, the adaptations and the work environment um, are there, and BSBP will provide that support. That's not. That's not an. Uh, that's that will not be on the employer, of course. So. Um, those are the challenges. We just want to make sure the employers are aware that, you know, um, that there's support out there that we can, you know, have staff dedicated to making sure that we have a smooth transition as they hire someone with a, a visual impairment. So if there's any business out there interested in learning more about us, uh, learning more about creating a diverse and accommodating workforce and who want to partner with us, they can always reach us directly uh, for more information at uh, 269 337-3848. Again, that number is 269-337-3848. Or you can reach us via email at leo-bsbp training center at michigan.gov. And that email address is leo-bsbp training center at michigan.gov. It's a great question. Thank you, Juan. I think you um, made a good point as far as how businesses kind of respond to you know, services and support that can be offered. Um, since, since BSBP and the training center is part of the state VR system, vocational rehabilitation in Michigan, um, I'll also mention the fact that we often collaborate between agencies. So between Bureau, Bureau of Services for Blind Persons and Michigan Rehabilitation Services being what we call sister agencies, we work together on cases sometimes, um, or if someone is working with MRS, and they have a progressive visual disability um, or one where it is beyond just low vision, we may do a referral over to BSBP. And a lot more recently, since we do work with the business customer as our dual customer, um, we've been doing a lot of collaboration in the community with businesses. So I think it is awesome for us to have this uh, collaborative relationship 
where we can speak generally about disability as a whole and then get very specific as it relates to those uh, with uh, blindness or visual impairments because from my experience, it, blindness is a disability that a lot of people in general and businesses are kind of leery about hiring because of the assumptions, the negative assumptions that are out there. So it's awesome to be able to work with um, the experts at BSBP who can, you know, even train us and teach us about blindness. And then together we can work with uh, one another to educate the community and businesses to hire all of our individuals. Yes, yeah, certainly. I, I couldn't have said it any better. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, just to add to that, you know, just this week, we uh, took uh, um, a couple of our staff and, and some of our participants to MCTI also for, um, you know, a tour and, and possibly uh, engaging with, uh, um, you know, some training there after they go through our training here at the, at the training center of BSVP. So, no, I appreciate that, uh, you know, that mutual um, benefit to the customer. So, Ian, I, uh, this is super useful. I think I, I, I want to sort of maybe um, look at a little bit of the, the, the participant uh, experience and interaction, if you will. So, so you were mentioning that uh, you don't have any semester system or anything like that, and anybody can come in at any point in time. Uh, so how are, how, are your, how are your programs customized for them? Is it customized to a specific individual? You have instructors who work directly with the individual on a one-on-one -on -one basis or do you group them together how does how does your training programs typically work sure so um so you know in, in order for a participant to come to the training center um they have they have to go through uh, they have to have a case open with bsvp or be referred through mrs as an example the mission rehab services um and, and the way that their, our classes work is uh we try to do as much as possible we try to do one-on-one -on -one with a participant is simply because it becomes challenging, um, you know, when we have multiple individuals, especially multiple individuals at different skill levels. Um, but it also is beneficial to group uh, maybe two or three individuals um, because you, you sometimes, you know, when you do that and you have, uh, if, you, if we do it right, which that's what we look for when we do scheduling, individuals can become mentors to each other while they're here. And that is a, a big takeaway for participants who come through our, our training, you know, here, uh, residential training, is that not only they benefit in the training that they receive, but they also talk to one another and exchange tips and, and get ideas of, okay, what happens when you, you know, out, are in the community and you using your cane, do you feel like other people are looking down upon you kind of thing. So they have those conversations amongst their, their peers. And that becomes very important because they may not necessarily have that ability in their, in their home environment. So they possibly may not talk to anyone regarding those kinds of things. So we, I often hear, you know, uh, our participants say, you know, this was beneficial because I, I was able to talk to so-and-so who lives in my neighborhood, you know, in, in the East side or the UP where, there's really no other, uh, I mean, there's really not very many people around, uh, you know, next to you. And so it becomes, that's, that sometimes becomes the challenge where they feel isolated. Um, they feel like they cannot talk to anyone else, but once they get here, they, they, it's kind of, it's kind of like a whole new world, whole new environment that opens up. And that is a very positive uh, take on their part as well. And they learn from that tremendously. So um, I would say that, you know, while everybody comes in at different time frames, we do try to group individuals and kind of move them through the bases. 
Um, and then as they progress, then they kind of go into um, other programs and more intense programs down the road. Um, we do have a counselor here and uh, the counselor, they meet with the counselor, um, you know, at least two to three times uh, per week. Sometimes they meet more frequently depending on where they are and how they are progressing. But that counselor gets feedback from all the teachers directly. Um, so they're in constant feedback. We do communicate with our field partners. Um, we do have conferences uh, that we, we schedule regularly um, just to make sure that not only the participant is aware how they're progressing, but their significant, uh, you know, family members or supports in the home are also available and ready to uh, be part of that conference because that is the support at home. The last thing we want is for someone to return home and not practice anything. It's kind of like the, for the kids, I don't know if you've heard of that summer drop-off, right? Where, you know, the, they have reading programs and, and all of a sudden that those are not available the summer and kids kind of go back in their training and when they come back to school, then it's kind of starting all over again. That's what we want to avoid. We want to make sure that their training is consistent um, while they're here and once they leave. So that way they can reach their goal uh, at a much quicker pace. Do all your participants come from Michigan or do you get out of state participants? Yeah, we, um, the majority of them come from uh, within Michigan, but we do periodically get individuals from out of state. Um, it's probably, I would say, if I had to put a, a number on there for the last several years that I have been here, I probably receive maybe uh, once a year uh, an inquiry. Um, that does not mean that the individual may come, but at least there is uh, um, you know, some kind of interest uh, from another out of state. Um, maybe they've heard of information from you know, one of our chats, or maybe they've heard information about um, through another customer that came here or a staff member somewhere else. Um, most recently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I did get um, some uh, a request to meet uh, from a, a location over in New York. Um, they are interested in sending some referrals to us. So uh, it was kind of interesting, an interesting conversation. So, um, you know, we're open to that and uh, we just want to be able to help individuals out there. And I, I do have one more follow-up question. Yeah. Um, on, on, so what happens when there are individuals who come in who have multiple challenges, like in addition to being visually impaired, if they have some other cognitive challenges or, you know, so how does, do, do, do you uh, work with individuals like those or then you have to collaborate with other agencies? How does that work? Yep. <clears throat> so, um, you know, so the, the first thing when somebody comes to us, um, you know, and, and I would say a lot of the individuals who come uh, to training here, I mean, blindness is the least of their worries, right? That's, they have multiple other things going on, um, some other more significant uh, disabilities, and they're here for that reason, because, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're blind or originally impaired. But one of the first things that we do is we complete a self-assessment. Um, so we use a variety of tools to gather information about oneself, you know, and participants get a chance at that point to learn about their interest or the, the work that they enjoy doing, work-related values, which are the ideas and beliefs that uh, are important to them, personality type, uh, which is, is, you know, reveals their strengths, weaknesses, attitudes, motivations, and, and their aptitude. Um, this is very important because it, it helps identify the natural talent or ability uh, learned through training and education. And uh, we, we, you know, what, what this first week that they're here helps us is, is basically an assessment. It helps us understand how the individual learns. 
Um, that way we tailor our training to how that individual learns. Um, so this is kind of what, what we call the discovery phase for individuals since oftentimes they come to us not knowing what they want to do or how to accomplish something and, and maybe they have no idea what career to pursue if they are interested in uh, post-secondary education or even uh, working somewhere. So we offer a lot of other services in-house um, through vendor partners, such as psychological assessments, uh, personal counseling, hearing assessments, and, and benefits counseling. Um, you know, we, like, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's uh, the idea of one-stop shop, right? How can we um, think of ourselves as individuals coming from out of, you know, out of the um, community, maybe UP, where there's really not much going on and transportation can be a barrier. We try to eliminate that barrier by having those support systems here locally as much as possible. So um, we work with the field field counselors to make sure that the need is identified beforehand. Um, we are changing the referral form that we have. We have actually been working on a new referral form for now a couple of years um, where we are incorporating it into our case management system for that reason is to extract information directly from our case management system. It has been challenging because, um, you know, first we needed to understand what was missing to be able to get us up to speed to the information we needed in order for us to tailor the trainings here at the training center according to what the field has done with them uh, to the point where they're referring to us. And I like to call it, you know, we, we like to provide the fine or the refined training, right, to get them to where they need to go. But a lot of the times they are not to that level. They're to the level where maybe we need to kind of step, take a step back and provide the basic training to get them to that level. So that might be the reason why they, they could be at the training center for longer, a longer period or uh, you know, they may return for additional training um, to get them to that level. Um, and that's because, you know, they might have multiple, um, uh, you know, disabilities going on besides uh, being uh, legally blind. They, they get to participate in, a, in a, a lot of activities here also, leisure activities. Uh, they get involved with yoga. So those are the additional supports that we provide outside of the classroom time. They have, we have board games, basketball, we have a track in, in the back of the building. Uh, we do have a technology lending library as well that we provide. Uh, we loan equipment out to test and to, for them to try a lot of the accessible uh, assistive technology. Um, so we do have someone, uh, one of the blind rehab instructors who works evenings and uh, weekends for him to be available for participants. And I like to say it's kind of similar to a help desk, um, you know, where you're having a computer issue, who do you call? You call someone, right, to help you. And uh, that's what this individual can do is not only is he available for helping someone, uh, maybe troubleshoot compu a computer issue to kind of get them to finish homework, um, but also he handles a lot of the leisure activities or field trips, if you will. Um, we do have free access to Wi-Fi for participants on campus and uh, it's a free unlimited access to um, to IRA, which is a, a partnership with them. And uh, if you don't know what IRA is, it's a live on-demand visual interpreting service, uh, which connects the participant to a live, pers live person via a mobile device or computer to describe the visual surroundings. So for after hours and weekends, uh, this becomes very helpful.
Juan, what you just mentioned, is that something um, you said, Ira, is that something that someone can utilize once they leave the training center too? Or is that like a subscription? So, yep, um, Ira is a subscription. So um, our partnership uh, with Ira is for them to provide access uh, in within the training center. So um, if you think of a map, um, if you picture just a training center campus and a map, maybe like a Google Earth type of map looking down at the training center, it, IRA works just around the perimeter of the training center. So if you are in the vicinity of the training center, IRA is active on your phone and, and your device, uh, or whether it's a phone or a computer, would tell you that you have access to IRA Unlimited. Um, IRA does have other places that they, other businesses that they work with, such as I think Starbucks and some uh, colleges that they work with to provide free services there as well. Um, and that's through different agreements and contracts that they have with different providers and different businesses throughout the country. Um, so it is a subscription. Um, I don't know the cost of it, but if you Google IRA, uh, you'll be able to, to find that information. It's, it's by the, the minutes. How, how long um, minute-wise you use, but I believe it does have five free minutes per um, per call, I think is what it is. So That's it is awesome. free to a certain extent. And I'm sure you mentioned it already, but I just wanna reiterate, along with the training for independence, this training for independence with the use of technology, is that also something that um, your, your, uh, your staff can do with the students? Yes, that's correct, yep. Yeah, so um, you know, assistive technology, and uh, we have assistive technology training, computers, uh, basic and advanced, and also keyboarding. Um, so we, you know, the 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 start of it is assistive technology and keyboarding, right? That's kind of the basic the basics of of how we start. For someone that really does know does not know how to navigate a computer, that's where they typically start, and that's, and they can progress. So the next step would be moving from keyboarding. Um, to basic computers and then from basic computers to advanced computers at that point. And then they can, uh, with advanced computers, they can kind of navigate um, the Excel spreadsheets, uh, Windows, uh, Excel files, and that sort of thing. And since so many, um, you know, students have various disabilities, um, and let's say, you know, blindness is one of the disabilities, but there might be maybe mental illness or a developmental disability or autism diagnosis, are there um, uh, supports in place to support that? Like any, you know, counseling or uh, group sessions or social groups or anything like that that's offered? Yep. Um, so we have, um, we used to call it seminar. So we, we have changed the name of this, uh, of this particular, so of this particular class. So, so uh, it's called now a resource, is a resource class. Um, Really what this class is about is, is uh, you know, in a group setting, uh, we go over information and all kinds of resources for individuals uh, in their community. Um, so it might be resources for mental health, as an example, it might be resources for counseling and so on. So that is something that is discussed in that class and providing, you know, those resources, or if there's a, maybe somebody wants to get involved with an ongoing uh, group to chat about issues related to individuals who are blind and visually impaired. That is a, a support also that is provided uh, resources to them. Um, but if, they, if, they, if there's a need um, that is identified typically with the training center counselor in terms of uh, providing support through a vendor, 
And at that point, we would definitely bring a vendor uh, internally and we actually work with a, a, a psych psychologist. So she comes in um, whenever needed uh, to do work with the participants here internally um, at the training center. So that is that is a possibility. We work with um, the mental health community in the past, providing different types of support for individuals. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, we, we, we think of it as a one-stop shop because we do understand that, you know, going back home, you know, scheduling all these things at different times and transportation and all that becomes a barrier and uh, it's just easier to handle all that while participants are here with especially with our support and providing that transportation to them that's that's great thank you thank you Yuan. so I, I i sort of want to um uh, shift gears and perhaps talk a little bit more about you know uh, your 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 role and so what Tell us about the top challenges that you, you have faced in your role as the director of the of uh, BSBB, and and I'm I'm wondering what issues keep you awake at night, and what would you like to do given an opportunity, in sure. terms of the long run. Oh, I, I appreciate this question. This is a really tough one, <laughs> as I, I I have a a number of things that run through my mind as I lay in bed at night. Uh, that keep me awake. Um, but I would say, you know, the top three things for me, um, and the number one uh, thing is providing a service to customers that will get 100% of them to reach their goal. And, uh, you know, whatever that might be, their goal might be, you know, uh, maybe employment, or maybe retaining employment, or it could be maybe improving their life in, in their home, um, or it could be post-secondary education, you know, you know, going through school, getting, you know, their degree and all that. My, my goal, what keeps me awake at night is, is the number one thing is how can I get individuals, what services, how can I improve my services here to the extent that I possibly can uh, to get 100% of everyone that comes through my door to reach their goal. Um, so, you know, like I said, whether it's competitive integrated employment uh, or, or, you know, staying in, in the home environment independently um, and safely, um, that is my overall goal as a division director is, is for me and my team to deploy really our expertise and do whatever we can to help everyone uh, we work with and, and reaching their goals and dreams. I would say the second thing is uh, I'm always looking for ways to increase our engagement with businesses and community partners to offer opportunities, to, you know, especially to our customers. So the, these are uh, opportunities will be obviously paid or unpaid experiences, job shadowing opportunities. Uh, and internships. So we're always looking for, um, you know, such opportunities, not only locally, but statewide, given the work with participants from all over the state that we, we engage with. Um, the last thing I would say is, uh, and I can probably go on for quite some, some time here on those, but the last thing I would say, the third thing is, um, uh, I'm always thinking of ways to constantly improve the training center facility. Not only physically, you know, we like to have the place clean, obstacle free for, for our participants as they travel through the hallways and all that, but also, you know, uh, to have an environment for staff and participants to want to come to our, our campus facility, to always have a positive and engagement, engaging atmosphere here. I truly envision, you know, uh, and work hard to kind of have an environment that when people walk through the door, they're automatically happy to be here and have a smile on their face and, and want to learn and make a positive difference in life. I know people have all kinds of things going on at home, you know, that, um, you know, they're always thinking about family, you know, issues, concerns, and so on. But I, you know, the, the what I envision is once you come through the door, you're happy to be here. You're, you know, you're just kind of a weight lifted off your shoulder. 
that is kind of what I envision. You know, I don't know if I can ever get to that to that point to that level, but that's what I work hard for. Um, and you know, I'm always kind of thinking about hope. Oh, well, how can I improve? You know, constantly improving something. Um, so yeah, that is fascinating. Can I ask you one last question? Yes. yes. Tell us one story that you have found absolutely inspiring coming through BSPP that you thought was just amazing to share for our audience. Yeah. Um, so you know, um, so the, there, there's two things that I can I can share with you. Um, number one, I there's two individuals that I'm aware of, and I never thought that this could be possible. But through the training here, um, we identified that using bioptics with an individual, they were able to actually, uh, you know, take a driver's training test and drive. Um, and in fact, today someone had asked me if I were to, um, with my bioptics and going through driver's training, can I drive to the training center? I looked at them and I said, oh my goodness, you know, no one's ever asked me that question. I, you know, we've actually worked with someone to get their driver's training and all that while here, um, but it's not something that people ask me. And so, you know, yes, that is a possibility. Um, it is interesting uh, because, you know, they're, they're legally blind, but with the technology, bottom line is with the technology, they're able to accomplish a lot of things. And, you know, it's not to say that their, their sight, their eye condition might not change down the road, but today, as of right now, they're able to accomplish that. And that's really important. Um, you know, the other thing too is, uh, the second thing I, I would mention is that um, there was an individual that wanted to learn Braille and she had um, issues with her, the tips of her fingers. She had neuropathy, so she couldn't feel, you know, the bump dots. And um, she was able to use uh, her chin to be able to read Braille so, you know, that tells me that where there's a, a, a will, there's a way, you know, where there's a will, there's a way uh, to accomplish something. So um, that to me is very inspirational. And, you know, um, I always look, look at that and, and say, wow, you know, they're able to do something like that. How, how can I improve myself? How can I improve this facility to, um, to have the opportunity for other folks to come here and, and do something great? Uh, like that as well to improve their lives however they can and and, and uh, that's feasible to them so Juan if there's anything you want us to know that maybe we didn't ask you or you want to share uh, about the training center do you, do you have anything you'd like to share um, you know I didn't go over the mission of the BSP training center um, you know that might be something that's important uh, just for people to know um, and as well as the um, the website. So if, if folks want to, you know, kind of have more information or, or gain more information on our website, um, the mission of the BSPP Training Center. So the mission of the BSPP and the BSPP Training Center is to provide opportunities for individuals who are blind or visually impaired to achieve employment and or achieve maximum and meaningful independence in life through comprehensive rehabilitation services. So we believe in the capacity of people who are blind or visually impaired to achieve employment and independence. BSPP provides training and services that empower people to achieve their individual goals. For those who live in Michigan and are blind or visually impaired, the Bureau of Services for Blind Persons will work with them to define their goals and identify appropriate training and services to reach such goals. So our mission of the Bureau is to help Michigan become a better state for blind and visually impaired persons to be equal contributing citizens that enjoy all the advantages of a full and independent life. Uh, for more information on the BSPP Training Center, uh, you can go to www. 
michigan.gov forward slash BSPPTC. Again, that is www.michigan.gov forward slash BSPPTC. Thank you. Thank you so much, Juan, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us today and share such great information for our audience. We hope you enjoyed listening to Juan Ortiz, Director of the Bureau of Services for Blind Persons Training Center. Subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss our next series of episodes which will focus on collaboration efforts between vocational rehabilitation and colleges and universities. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted to future episodes. We wanna take this opportunity to thank many individuals that have helped us kickstart this podcast. Especially, we wanna thank our colleagues in Southeast Michigan Employee Resource Group who helped and participated in several brainstorming sessions, offering their advice and helping us plan this project. We also thank individuals at Michigan State University that helped us in reviewing podcast content and questions. Last but not the least, uh, our able podcast editor, Tyler Gross from Michigan Rehabilitation Services. Uh, this is Sriram Narayanan at Michigan State University uh, with my co-host, Nasha Ely um, at Michigan Rehabilitation Services signing off. We want to remind our listeners that this podcast is a commercial free community initiative. Just to remind you that if you have ideas, thoughts you want to share directly with us on the topic of abilities, opportunities, and future of work, please do consider reaching out. <laughs>